Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. E-morning show. <laughs> Here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. We'll come over to Schultz. Schultz moves <laughs> the center flat. Right side of Malkin. A slapper. Block. He gets it right back. Sets up Schultz. A slap shot. He shoots and scores! Here's your weather Barry forecast. Penguins win with a 100% chance of Penguins win. Oh, get that dog off my lawn. Just a Just little flurry today. Yeah. That's right. Expect flurry. There's your weather forecast. All right, here's the real one. There will be a lot of clouds around today and some scattered showers. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, a breezy day with wind gusts up to 30 miles per hour. High temperature, 63. Rainy, mild tonight, 55. Scattered showers, a thunderstorm, and a spot or two on Friday and a high of 67. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. It's 48 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by McDonald's. I'm loving it. I'm Val Porter. A Carlo University student has died after falling from a balcony. Witnesses say Dalton Bacco fell from the fifth floor to the ground at the University Commons building yesterday. Pittsburgh police are investigating. Allegheny County may start testing children's blood for high levels of lead. Yesterday, the county's Board of Health voted to create a law that would require all children between the ages of 9 to 12 months old to be tested for lead. The children would then need to be tested again when they turn two. The Allegheny County Council will have the final say on the proposal. If it passes, it could go into effect next year. This is new, right? I don't ever remember being this paranoid about lead growing up. Maybe That's my because parents they were. changed the they changed the PWSA changed the provide the, not the provider but the the company that treated the water and the mm-hmm. way that they did it. It was the same company that Flint, Michigan hired. Basically, why would they ever get hired again? It was before all of those revelations. Okay. They changed the like the, it's soda ash versus this other kind of of water treatment, and the one does not like, work. Well, it the pipes one, are lead. Yeah, one one breaks down the lead in the pipes more than the other one, and they started using the ash that or whatever the solvent was that more rapidly breaks down lead in the pipes. And we've been way too slow to react or care about this. Same thing with the air quality in Pittsburgh. The water and the air, just two things that we kind of, we're like, yeah, but uh, we're on the list for the uh, millennials want to move here. <laughs> well, they're not going to want to move here if they're, they're walking around with, you know, everybody has. Everybody's basically a walking number two pencil because they're filled with lead. Yeah, that's no good. It's it's really bad, and I I wish I was a little more articulate on the subject, but I've read a couple articles, and um, it's a bad situation. Well, and I think you are articulate comparatively. I mean, I know nothing. <laughs> we couldn't figure out what high sticking was earlier. <laughs> I don't know if I can accurately explain what's going on. I with don't the water. know how I'm ever going to drink any water or take a shower at my house again after you buy a house. I have a DVD at my house that's a videotape of inside my pipes. You know they get they they go down and check yeah. your oh yeah my your systems uh, going out to the main line yeah my yeah uh, I watched that DVD that's where I'm at in my life where my, are you at my urologist gave me a similar video <laughs> <laughs> well the hopefully house. there's no tree roots in there no there's no 
The House will vote today to repeal and replace Obamacare. House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy said Republicans have the votes. President Trump and Vice President Pence have been lining up House Republicans to vote for the bill. A major sticking point in getting the bill passed is the coverage of pre-existing conditions. Oh, my God. It is. Did you read? Some of the pre-existing conditions are pretty ridiculous. C-section. Yeah. Asthma, your premium goes up $4,000 a year. You have cancer, $120,000 a year. I read $140,000. Yeah. So thanks a lot. Oh, and by the way. All those lawmakers exempt. Yes. They will get full socialized medicine. Yeah, I feel like all of the Congress should have to get whatever health insurance the rest of us have to get. You're absolutely right. Why wouldn't they? If it's good enough for us, why isn't it good enough for them? Right. How could they know what the system is doing if they don't ever have to come in contact with it? Again, totally out of touch. Evil, rotten, horrific opportunistic greedy bastards <laughs> <laughs> two nights after getting a little nasty with his takedown of president trump during his late show monologue stephen colbert stated on wednesday's show uh, or started it by admitting that he might have crossed the line with his language but didn't really regret insulting trump If you saw my monologue on Monday, uh, you know that I was a little upset with Donald Trump for insulting a friend of mine. So at the end of that monologue, I had a few choice insults for the president in return. I don't regret that. He also admitted he may have been a little more vulgar than necessary. I believe he can take care of himself. I have jokes. He has the launch codes. So... Fight. So while I would do it again, I would change a few words that were cruder than they needed to be. Now, I'm not going to repeat the phrase, but I just want to say, for the record, life is short. And anyone who expresses their love for another person in their own way is, to me, an American hero. And I think we can all agree on that. I hope even the president and I can agree on that. Nothing else but that. I can't even say it with a word that rhymes with the word he used because it's too close to the word he used. Well, he said um, his, he said that uh, that uh, he was providing a holster for uh, the president's uh, love gun. Rush, the Russian Vladimir Putin's. Yes, that Trump was providing a holster for Vladimir Putin's... uh, Love gun is a good way to put it. Sputnik. (laughs) The remark prompted the hashtag Fire Colbert, uh, which went viral (laughs) from those offended by his remarks. Anybody watch Colbert and then go hashtag Fire Colbert? I don't think so. That's not how it works. I, I don't watch Colbert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know. Director Oliver Stone will interview Russian President Vladimir Putin for a special on Showtime. The cable network said this week it will broadcast the four-hour special over four nights starting on June 12th. Showtime says the Putin interviews will probe Putin's relationship with American presidents since Bill Clinton and will cover topics like Edward Snowden's quest for asylum in Russia and accusations of Russian meddling in the U.S. presidential election. Do you ever see uh, Oliver Stone's The... uh... The History of America, the, the alternate history of America, whatever, on Netflix. Um, he loves Russia. Loves who, who does? Oliver Stone. Does he? Yeah. Why? His 
Yeah, why? Um, I don't know. He is completely sympathetic to Russia throughout. And I think there's a lot of truth to some of the things that, you know, we gloss over um, some of the responsibilities, I guess, from World War II that we may have had to the Russian people where we were like, we immediately were like, thanks for helping us with all that. Uh, Now let's battle it out for what's left instead of having a symbiotic relationship. But then again, it's like, yeah, also that was Stalin and he murdered millions of people. Yeah, some of our behavior. His own people. Some of our behavior has been Bolshevik. (laughs) <laughs> we can all agree on that. No doubt about it. I'm, Trump says it all the time. <laughs> that we have bad people. people you think we're so people? good? Oh, you think we're good? You think yeah. we're so good? Yeah, that's the one I meant. Yeah, because he defends Putin. He goes, hey, Putin's not so bad. You think we're good? He's just, you know, we're just as bad as him. So when you In watch that mind, Oliver Putin Stone thing. Putin is a G. Yeah. Like he's rolling no, he shirtless wants... on horseback. He's That's what he's got Trump pet wants. panthers. Yeah. <laughs> that Saturday Night Live get that they do with Putin is so freaking it's hilarious. hilarious. Um, but <laughs> Oliver Stone around with no shirt everywhere. Who's a veteran? You know, he fought in World War, or in uh, in uh, Vietnam. Vietnam. Uh, but but he has an inordinate love of Russia. It seems to me when you watch that, it's kind of you're like, mm. wow, he really is. He's really fighting for the Russian angle on world history. I have so many Netflix shows. I need to but I also them. think that I, he's, I think some of it, like, I, I understand it. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I'd be pissed if I were them there. But also, they, didn't that guy kill, like, 10 million of his own people or more? Who, Stalin? Yeah. Stalin killed, I think, 20 million. Yeah. Well, there you go. Anyways, apparently he sits down with Putin and they watch Dr. Strangelove. Mm-hmm. He watches the Stanley Kubrick movie with Putin. What is Putin doing? That's Why did weird. we let Putin all of a sudden have a higher... Uh, Q rating than, uh, uh, you know, Regis Philbin. <laughs> I mean, why is Putin available for movie right, dates? Right, how can he sit down for that long? You know, I was up too late chill. watching the Pil- Penguins game when my reference point was Regis Philbin. <laughs> hey, he's more popular than Regis Philbin. <laughs> Everybody is. Yeah, I know. I, Penguins won. Who's this uh, guy think he is? Regis Chuck Woolery? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he's back in the public eye now. No, he is. Yes, why? he is. He's, he's become a conservative... Uh, like uh, uh, one of the Talking celebrities him. that's, uh, you know, a conservative kind of hero. Him and Scott Bayo, Chuck Woolery, very much so. Go on Chuck Woolery's Twitter. The snowflake connection. <laughs> Go on Chuck Woolery's Twitter. I'm so um, I don't want to. I don't know if you saw this. Dave Crawley did a story on Channel <laughs> 2 about the new lingerie football team here in Pittsburgh. Did you guys know we have a lingerie football team? No. What did I he didn't. What did he rhyme with? <laughs> crotchless. <laughs> The league actually has changed its name to the Legends Football League. The team is called the Pittsburgh Rebellion. Their home opener is a Saturday at the Highmark Stadium at Station Square. They take on the Atlanta Steam. Game time is 7 o'clock. The Rebellion did lose their season opener against Omaha. These girls are tough. Tough as hell. I mean, I had Slack... Slack, did you get that video up on the morning show page? Do they play in their panties? Yeah. Well, they're like boy shorts. Okay. So they're boy shorts and like a sports bra type. But they wear pads. It's got to be real. Shoulder pads. I mean, watch the video. You can really see their caboose today. (laughs) Look at that tight Running plays in bustiers. (laughs) (laughs) They're tough. No, they're tough as hell. They lay out some chicks. I know. (laughs) They hit hard. Portnoy uh, from Barstool Sports did a thing with them, didn't he? He went out and like played with them, and they like lit him up. They- Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Like, they tackle them, like, for real. Yeah, they, that's, don't mess they around. do. It's not like flag football. They got to get airbrushed down, right? Because there's a lot of body exposed, and you got to think that they'd be covered in bruises. Well, oh, yeah. I yeah, but... Oh, well, I guess that stuff doesn't rub off. I don't think you're allowed to rub off. <laughs> no, that's a penalty. 15 yards. So good for them starting up this Saturday. I mean, at home. At home Saturday? At home this Saturday. Same time as the Penguins game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Stiff competition. Oh, well. well. Just wanted to get some publicity for the girls Stiff viewers. A tweet from a teenager in Reno, Nevada, is on pace to become the most retweeted of all time. Carter Wilkerson's tweet from April 5th is closing in on 3.4 million retweets. The 16-year-old tweeted Wendy's, asking how many retweets he'd need to get free chicken nuggets for a year. Uh, The Wendy's account responded with 18 million, so he is far from that. Uh, It did spawn the hashtag Nugs for Carter, and over $100,000 worth of donations went to Wendy's Dave Thomas Foundation, the current record being held by Ellen DeGeneres. That tweet from the Oscars, the selfie tweet, uh, that's $3.4 million, so he's, he's close to that. Well, I'm so happy you did a follow-up story on this guy because I've never heard of a story. I mean, can we just get this kid some nuggets? <laughs> this is one of the saddest stories ever. He wants free nuggets for a year. I mean, Wendy's kind of kind of a D-move to be like, yeah, $18 million. We need to stop. Paying attention to people who ask for free things and who ask celebrities to the prom. (laughs) (laughs) Don't answer them. Just let it go. What if somebody asked you to the prom? Yeah, would you go? You would go. Come on. Are you high? (laughs) (laughs) A, no danger of that happening. B, no danger of that happening. (laughs) I'd go. I went to the prom. I, I went to the either. prom when I was dating a girl who was a year younger than me, and I was a freshman in college, and she was a senior, and I had to go to her prom then. And I felt weird doing it one year out of high school. I had to ask somebody to my senior prom. Did you really? <laughs> so <bro>? pathetic. Oh. <laughs> How'd you do it? Did you do? Did you make a big deal of it? Did oh, you like God, no. ride in on a llama? No. <laughs> like, because the kids today do that. They yeah. try to have a big yeah. old. I mean, promposals. The, the promposal is that is was important. None of that in the eighties. Got to go viral. Oh, we went to Bonanza in his pickup truck. <laughs> Is that code? <laughs> S- swear to God. Sounds like code. Wow. Don't you go to Bonanza? <laughs> Did he make you a, a corsage? Was your corsage just a fern with a wristband on it? <laughs> it's a fern three feet tall. Potted plants. carrying it Potted plants. <laughs> He carries it all night. <laughs> hey, did hey, she let you, you uh, go to Bonanza? I brought you, know. you this, Valerie. Is that from my front steps? <laughs> no. Proms are awful. Is that from my front <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say that? Because it says Porter family on the front of the pot. <laughs> the ceramic pot. 
Those are our dog's ashes. <laughs> well, they look gorgeous on you. Bonanza. Bonanza. Two new David Bowie. I'm sorry, Bowie. Bonanza. Sorry. Two new David Bowie. That was highfalutin back then, buddy. Uh, Bonanza? Two- oh, yeah. Isn't that Ponderosa? One step down. <laughs> one step down that was a big deal yeah. i thought it'd be was that hosses take three steps no, down no, no oh dude hosses is morton's compared to all of those bonanza was yeah and i don't even know of any other bonanzas anywhere other they had them in erie but they uh, turned into they? ponderosas they used the no, same not in franklin Stayed it, bananas. it was like how those restaurants, Sambo's, all turned into like Denny's, Denny's yeah. magically. They're like, oh, we have a super racist uh, mascot. We back- better change the name of the company, the mascot, <laughs> but not the menu. The menu we got down. And we're still all going to be racist. <laughs> and then they were. Let's and then stay d- racist, And then guys. Denny's became yeah. super racist. <laughs> not anymore. Denny's is a fine no. establishment with a... Uh, Short history oh, of the lumberjack breakfast, completely tolerant. Yeah, back then I think the only other choices were McDonald's and Kings. From what I Kings, remember, Kings, you should have got a pecan ball and some <laughs> vegetable soup. But Sam Sambo's had so like awful. the the face of is like it was like Uncle Jemima. I mean, it was like this like total minstrel mm-hmm. face type thing. And it's like yeah, Roy it was Wood blackface. Roy Wood uh, Junior's joke about Aunt Jemima. It's so good. Nobody says anything about the fact that it's a slave. <laughs> He's like. Like that's how Nobody's good it complaining. is. Nobody. He's like, that's my go-to. <laughs> Two new David Bowie picture discs are being released. The "Be My Wife" and "I'm Afraid of American Singles" are part of an ongoing series of limited edition Bowie picture discs. The "Be My Wife" disc will be out on June 16th. The "I'm Afraid of Americans" disc will only be available from the David Bowie Is exhibition in Barcelona. Finally, actress Sofia Vergara isn't taking tabloid rumors about the supposed breakup of her marriage lying down. Star Magazine recently put out a cover story that the modern family actress had been caught cheating on her husband, Joe Manganiello, in Rome and wasn't wearing her wedding ring. Vergara posted the cover to her Instagram and called the editor an idiot. The story fake news and said there were plenty of pictures from the same award show in Rome that show her wearing the ring. As for the man she was supposedly cheating with, he apparently is a friend and the producer of a movie she is shooting in Italy. Cloudy and breezy, scattered showers, low 60s today, mid-50s overnight tonight. It is 48 at DVE. Last night, Marc-Andre Fleury needed to be brilliant. Luckily for the Penguins, he was that and then some. Bars that were just on. He's got the puck moving towards the net, right in on tight. He's stopped by Fleury's right pad, a great save. Rebound. He stopped that one, too, and it's underneath him. Oh, hallelujah, Hollywood. That man just saved a puppy from a burning fire, Mark andre Fleury. Never heard that one before. Yeah, me either. But Mark andre Fleury was remarkable all night long. At the end of the game, Nick Benino draws a high-stick penalty from T.J. Oshie. Now, my question to you is, now that we know that he uh, kind of embellished it, are you okay with that? Is it gamesmanship? Or did you think it was kind of a dirty play in the scheme of things? No. Dirty? I don't think it's dirty because he didn't take somebody's head off. Right. Plus, so, Oshie did the same thing last year. So he didn't take anybody's head off. 
You don't think that was dirty. After the game, Mike Johnson on the NHL Network said this. I wish there was some mechanism that they could go back, watch a tape like that, and find. I'd like to be able to suspend a guy for one game. Yeah. If, no. if, if you deliberately and very clearly fool the referees like that by faking contact that did not occur. So that, that that's ridiculous. I could see him being fined. If the league says, hey, we don't yeah. want that kind of crap going on in a game, yeah, give him a fine. And it's not I get cross-checking somebody to the back of the head. The more salient point that he made was, had the refs saw that he was trying to draw the penalty there, and then, you know, you could turn it around, and all of a sudden it's penalty on Benino. For embellishing. Big, big difference there at the end mm-hmm. of the game. So, sure. somewhat risky, but not really. I don't know. I Look, Oshi, I don't think he knew whether he hit him or not. I think he assumed he did. He didn't fight it at all. Because they were trying to say afterwards, credit him for just taking it like a man and going to the box. He didn't know. He couldn't tell him. It's the, the game is happening so fast. Everybody looks at slow motion replays, and they think that the brain is processing everything at the same speed right. as the slow motion replay. I got news for you. It's bang, bang. Bang in the bang in the bang. <laughs> That's it, Val. 3-1. That has to be a real heel to the ball. Heel to the ball. And when our guy does it, it's gamesmanship. When they do it, it's dirty. Don't forget that, folks. (laughs) Big, big distinction to be made. Bang, bang, bang. Dang it, the dang it, the dang. That's right. Bang it, the bang it, the bang. But uh, once again, the Penguins delivering a heel to the balls of the Capitals. And it's <laughs> on to Washington for Game 5. Mike Scott Sports next. Oh, man, what a game last night. Mike Pursuta here right now with your sports Penguins with an incredible win over the Capitals last night. And, Mike, that, that call on Oshie at the end of the game, you know, people are pointing out, hey, he did it last year versus – Against Benino. Benino got sent to the box. And Oshie faked it. He flopped. Payback flops a bitch. Sports this hour brought to you by BobbyRayHall.com. The official rule on high sticking is rule 60.1 in your uh, National Hockey League rule book. They actually have one of these, by the way. A rule book? Yeah. Everything's explained. Give one to the refs. How they're supposed to call it, quote. <laughs> A high stick is one which is carried above the height of the opponent's shoulders. Players must be in control and responsible for their stick. However, a player is permitted accidental contact on an opponent if the act is committed as a normal windup or follow-through of a shooting motion or accidental contact on the opposing center who is bent over during the course of a face-off. A wild swing at a bouncing puck would not be considered a normal windup or follow-through, and any contact to an opponent above the height of the shoulders shall be penalized accordingly. So it looked to me like he got hit in the shoulder, so that was just a little whack. Yeah. But you take what you get at this time of year because it's uh, going to go both ways and it's not going to be consistent. And you know that going in. So you you fight through it if you want to survive and advance. Hey, Nick Benino embellishing a high stick is not why Ovechkin hasn't done squat. I wouldn't say he hasn't done squat. He didn't have a good game. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Last night. Good game last night. How many goals does he have in this series? Two? Two. I think he's got four points in four games. All right, yeah. That's squat. He did squat. I, I, I sit corrected. He didn't. Uh, he He's didn't come through what they needed from him last night. He was not able to deliver it. His, Took two penalties. He said that, and his coach said that. They had twice as many shot attempts as the Penguins last night. Seventy-two to thirty-eight. Feels like one long game, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. The four. They've yes. all. They've all pretty much played out the same way. Penguins were probably better territorially in the one game they lost than in the three they won. Yeah, they've had a hard time possessing the puck. But uh, it's working out, and uh, one of the reasons why it's working out is Mark andre Fleury is playing, uh, dare I say, the best hockey of his career. Dare. Dare. I, you know, it's you always remember the most recent stuff, and you think it's better than stuff that happened 10 years ago or longer, just because it's, at least to me, it seems the more recent developments seem to be the, the more memorable ones. But... Uh, we know this much. Uh, Flurry is—he's uh, not single-handedly responsible for the Penguins' three games to one lead, but you'd have to say that he has been their best player in the playoffs, and that has been continuing each and every night. It continued last night to the extent that uh, one of the questions being thrown around the locker room after the game was whether or not the Capitals had Mark Andre Flurry in their heads. Here's uh, Flurry on that. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't worry too much about what they're thinking. You know, I just want to stop the next one. He's in their heads. He's not in their heads. Just keep the puck out of the net. Uh, the Penguins see what Flurry has been doing, as well as the Capitals. And according to Chris Kunitz, Flurry's play is having a ripple effect. You know, the way Flowers has been playing, he's obviously leading our team, and, and everyone sees that work ethic and, and how determined he is and the saves he makes. I think it just feeds in, feeds into our whole game plan. Flurry's been around a long time in this league, so is Barry Trotz, the Caps head coach. Trotz has coached against Flurry previously. Trotz sees a different Flurry in the crease this time. Because of maturity, because of uh, the way the game's changed, I, I think he's evolved. I think he's a lot more patient than he used to be. Um, you guys know him probably better than I do. So um, just like any, any veteran goaltender, they, they, they're like a, a fine wine. They get better, and they, they adjust to the game. And, uh, and right now, he's, you know, this is two years in a row where guys come in and played very well for the Penguins, and uh, that's a, a real good situation. Barry Trotz probably wondering who the Penguins are going to have in goal as a backup when he plays them next season. Tristan Jerry. He'll probably dominate. It's been uh, <laughs> yeah. it's been yeah. remarkable. And uh, Mike Sullivan acknowledged last night uh, after Mark Andre Fleury's latest signature effort that uh, he's seeing a different Fleury than he saw this season. I think Mark has played extremely well for us. And yes, his game he's elevated his game um, at an important time. You know he's he's a competitive guy. Um, 
he's a Stanley Cup winning goaltender and I think he's showing it um, but as I've said all along here it's the, this coaching staff has difficult decisions at that position because of the quality of players that we have so it's not, it, those, those decisions on who plays on any given night are, are difficult from our standpoint but I, I guess it's a pretty good decision it's a, it's a pretty good problem to have if you, if you even call it a problem you know it's, it's more a, it's a challenge for us to try to you know, find enough net for both of those guys. But we, you know, we feel so fortunate to have uh, the quality of goaltenders that we have. Uh, and I think Mark is a guy that uh, has elevated his game and at the most important time of the season. And uh, you know, it, I, I think it's a, it's the biggest, it's the highest compliment you can give a player. And uh, and he's done that for us. Elevated his game at the most important time of the season. Barry Trotz talking about a patient, mature goaltender. It's remarkable. God, you got to love sports. You it's never know Andre you, you never know what you're going to see <laughs> in, in sports, do you? You think you do, but you don't. I, there's Look, so I, much to build on from last night for these guys, too. I am one of those cynical sports fans who looks at those kind of games and thinks, this is the one we get rolled on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought that about game two. And... Look, they did go out in both games, and they basically doubled shot attempts on the Penguins both times. Pens had to block upwards of 30 shots in game two. I think 33 they blocked. And last night, what was the total? Like, just under 30? Last night was 24, and they had 18 shots on goal. They're blocking more they're than they're giving they're, up than their they're bodies, taking. yeah. So, like, great thing that they're giving up their body. Bad thing because they're not, you know. They're not in the uh, cap zone a whole lot if they're back blocking that yeah, but, much. You know, but they score three times on those eighteen shots. And uh, finding a way to win. Uh, Do you think that, guy's that toughness? Jeez, does that put Hopi back on the sort of shaky ground he was on after getting pulled in game two? I don't think so. I didn't. I didn't think he was culpable last night. No. Mm-mm. I mean, he didn't. He didn't make a lot of great saves because he didn't have an opportunity to. But the looks. The other consistent thing in this series is the Caps have dominated territorially in attempts and all that. Man, when they give up a look, it's a beauty. They they catastrophically fail every <laughs> once in a while. Hornquist going right through Brooks Orpik and Alsner on that play. How did that happen? Night. That's, you know, Trotz dressed seven defensemen again last night, and he's trying to hide Shattenkirk because he's, Shattenkirk's proven that he can't defend in this series. So they're trying to find ways to work him in. And Orpik had three different partners in the first period last night. And I'm just wondering, you have no continuity or consistency with your pairs. Does that contribute to breakdowns? I'm not, I'm not saying it does. I'm wondering if, does it, it? if it has. And, uh, you know, if you're used to your partner, you know where he's going to be. When the puck's here, he's going to be there. And I can do this because he's going to do that. You just get that symmetry after a while. Uh, you know, that's why the ideal – thing for teams is to keep lines and pairs together. You don't want to just keep throwing guys out there in groups of two or three. And speaking of that, Mike Sullivan did some managing of the personnel last night. Uh, we were wondering before the game how they were going to line it up without Sidney Crosby. Uh, we saw consistently Malkin between Kunitz and Kessel. That that line stayed together. Uh, Bonino started out between Gensel and Rust. He ended up playing with Rust the rest of the night, but then sometimes it was Haglin, sometimes it was Gensel on the left side. Uh, the third line, uh, you saw a lot of Cullen and Hornquist. That was consistent, and that was either Gensel 
or Haglin on the other side. Then the fourth line, uh, Rowney uh, between Kuhnhackle and Wilson, those guys played the first two periods. In the third period, Scott Wilson played 39 seconds. And yeah, only, that line didn't get on the ice. He only played four minutes and ten seconds the first two periods. Complicating this uh, deployment of personnel, was there was a lot of special teams last night. So, you know, some guys play power play, some guys kill penalties. That screws up your combinations. Hornquist missed a little bit of time after he blocked that shot. He wasn't available for the first power play and uh, missed missed uh, maybe a shift or two. Rust got hurt at one point. He yeah. got slashed. And Carl Haglin, Mike Sullivan was talking about this again after the game last night. Haglin's still not 100% in terms of his conditioning and his timing, so they're kind of picking and choosing with him. Really uh, had to kind of orchestrate the game Mike Sullivan did last night. And since they won, he did a great job. Marc-Andre Fleury, phenomenal. Phenomenal last night. Once again, flower comes through. Saves. Mike, I really thought the, I thought the, the Pens were, uh, they just could not skate in the second period. They, there were times last night where they looked completely exhausted. You know, and, and Fleury was really good. Um, some of his best saves were on rebounds, mm-hmm. which are the tougher ones. And I don't know. The, the the quality of the chance sometimes precludes the goalie from controlling the rebound. Sometimes you just got to stop it, you know, by any means necessary and worry about the rebound when you have to worry about the rebound. But, boy, he, he's just so locked in. He's, he's on top of it. He's seeing it. I, I've not watched him play and had this much confidence that the next one's going to get stopped or that he's not going to do something stupid. <laughs> You know, even back in uh, the day, so to speak, when he was at the top of his game, he would wander or he would mishandle the puck or something goofy Flop. would happen and you'd be ready to bang your head against the wall. But uh, he just looks so solid right now. Always helps to have a little puck luck. Penguins go right back in. Holy matter. To the left side to Jake Gensel. Penguins lead one nothing. In front it comes off Orloff and in the net it goes. Gensel's going to get the goal. It came off Orloff's stick and it goes behind Holpe. Pittsburgh. <laughs> I've seen that fish before. Yep. Except Own goal. That would be the fish that just jumped into the boat. <laughs> you got me. More pens when we like come back. Is that like suicide? Something like that, When they yeah. jump in the boat? Yeah. I think that's what it is. How bad must it have been for that fish in the school? It's like, I got to drop out. How bad is it for the Caps right now? People urinated here? Ugh. Mike, they still do. They're still, they're doing everything. They're blowing it a little bit, too. I mean, Flurry's been tremendous. But a lot of those rebounds, Mike, if they could just elevate the puck even just a little bit. Oh, yeah, their they're execution is a good point. Um, there was a two-on-one with, I think, Eller and Burkowski where the pass was just in Burkowski's skates and he had to delay and that gave Flurry time to get over. They're just—they're not quite as precise as the Pens have been on the Grade A opportunities, and/or Flurry's just rising to the occasion. Sometimes we like to me, Shan. DV Morning Show. Ladies and gentlemen. From Oakland, California, epic recording artist, Tower of Power! Yeah, yeah! 
That's where I'm headed right now. I'm going to go see Tower of Power down in New Orleans today. At the, we got out of Oakland! <laughs> we, get, we got out of Oakland! <laughs> they're all Damn. carrying pictures of the grandmother on stage. Um, get the speaker! I'm headed down to Jazz Fest, New Orleans. It means the effing world to you, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. <laughs> Find me later. Find me later! <laughs> I'm not mad at that dude. Tack. His, oh, that's, his dog's name dude, is Cody. That Podine. was awesome. That's a little weird. But he's probably going to get a, a a diluted sample coming yeah, up. Probably. Shortly. Close out the day with widespread panic and tower power on day one. I got a big uh, big few days lined up here. Not a lot of sleep. And yet somehow I come back energized. Maybe it's because I'm well, chugging Red Bull at good for you. midnight. Every do you night. do a cleanse before you go or after you go? No, no cleansing. This is the cleanse. This is really? the cleanse. It's a gumbo cleanse, and uh, I recommend it. You know, the rue really has some flushing qualities to it. Last night, <laughs> Penguins flush the Capitals right out of Pittsburgh back to Washington for Game 5. Mike, Brooks Orpik is, I don't want to say he's a shell of what he once was as a Penguin. But you can see that while he provides the leadership and he's a really smart hockey player. Physically, he just doesn't have what he used to. And the grueling, uh, the, the rigorous, uh, uh, you know, postseason schedule here kind of exposing maybe a little bit his age. A little bit. Yeah, it's tough to watch. Uh, Brooks Orpik's one of my favorite all-time Penguins for a lot of reasons. Maybe the all-time favorite. And he's just not what he used to be. Um, but you kind of figured that Bill was making the point on a lot of these breakaways and two on ones. He's in chase mode, and not that they're all his fault, but he's not able to stop them either. And uh, they're they're kind of screwed up on D. That's uh, that's an issue for them. Uh, they dressed seven again last night. Because they're Kirk. trying to hide Shattenkirk and keep him available for the power play and offensive zone faceoffs and things like that. But they're they're deathly afraid to play him five on five, and. They're rotating guys around, and I think they lose continuity and consistency, and that ain't helping them. So now the Penguins head to Washington. It is not going to be easy to get out of there with these guys. Yeah, you just get right on 270, then it goes to 70. They're clinging to their postseason life right now. traffic on a Saturday. After having won the President's Trophy again and facing elimination to the Penguins again. This is one of the biggest games in their franchise. History. I, but don't you feel like we have that conversation every year when it comes to these guys? Well, at least this is the fourth uh, since Sidney Crosby has been here. You know, I, I think the Capitals are different this year. I'm going to credit the Penguins for this. And and just their depth. That's what Rupper was saying last night on the postgame. depth game. and their resolve. I look at the last couple games. Washington had that 2 nothing lead in game three, and gave up two extra attacker goals, which is two kicks, one to each nut, right? I mean, that's... <laughs> that, you, don't, you don't usually come back from that, and they sucked it up and got it done and won in overtime. Heel for the balls. And then last night, they're down 2 nothing, and the second one goes in off of Orloff's skate, and they got to be thinking, oh, my God, is this... Is this preordained that we lose to these guys? I mean, everybody underestimates the kick in the groin. And that's that would have been a, that would have been a good chance for them to pull the old Capitals El Foldo and ah, here we go again. Just completely unravel. And they didn't do it. They fought back and tied it. And then the, it looked like they were going to score four goals in the second period. Yeah. Yeah, and it really did. I think the Penguins are outwilling them, and I don't think it's because the Caps lack will. I think it's because the Pens have more. 
Uh, I, I think the Penguins, it's not that the Caps don't want to win, but I think the Penguins want it a little more. You know, these are your sports cliches that you just throw out there when you don't know what else to say a lot of times. But I just, this Penguin team has such a special quality to it. Sullivan talks about the chemistry, uh, what a joy they are to coach. They're just, you know, the Caps have, have gotten themselves in the unfortunate position of having to play the Pens last year who won the Cup. And and now they have to play the Pens again. And if the Pens get through this series, you know, what what else might happen? But Mike, uh, if if you're if you're Sullivan and you look at the game tape of that last night, while you're really proud of the way they blocked shots and handled the adversity, there were so many turnovers in the neutral zone, so many bad decisions being made on the ice last night, I thought, that led to that onslaught from Washington. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we talked uh, during the sports part of this about uh, the lines and how they were different and how they were changing a little bit due to circumstance. Some of that stuff is a, a little understandable, but uh, it, it always comes back to if you're the Pens, particularly going on the road without Sidney Crosby, not that he is averse to doing this, but it will be easier, I think, for the Penguins to just try to simplify their game and just dump it and outlast them, maybe get the forecheck going a little more, get a little more zone time. Um, I think that's where you see Latang's loss the most because he used to carry the puck out of the zone. Now they're trying stretch passes and they're just trying always, to do too much. Doesn't always work. Um, but I, I, I can't find a lot to carp about with the Pens game last night because particularly, you know, sometimes you lose a guy in game, uh, as they did Crosby in Game Three. That can go two ways. It can totally deflate you, or you can you know, be that much more fired up to work around it. And then you have a little time to think about it and you got a plan for not having them. And uh, it can be tougher sometimes in the next game. Uh, I, I can't find a lot of fault with the Penguins last night because they came out on the right side of it. And it, there were certain points in that game you, you felt like they had to get the first goal, right? They did. Uh, when they got that power play mid-second period, I'm thinking, boy, they got to at least change the momentum of the game here because they're they're being run out of the building again. And they didn't just change the momentum, they changed the scoreboard. Uh, and then in the third period, this is my favorite thing in hockey. I always talk about this with Benzie when we're doing Robert Morris games. When the Colonials are up one going into the third period, I always tell them, I can't wait to see if A, they win this game, and B, they do it without scoring any more goals. When you can play a 20-minute period and just shut them down and shut them out and close it out, that's that's championship stuff. They capitalized when they need to last I night, love it. ironically, against the Capitals. And Penguins made the most of limited amount of chances. Yeah. It's not how, it's how many, right? Hornquist said, we did it with Will tonight, not a lot of skill. But imagine if you're on the other side of that and you're saying, eventually, when we keep doing the right stuff, eventually, it's going to break in our favor. I'm sure that's what they're saying. And it hasn't yet. They're down to one more eventually. I mean, it better be game five for them or it's not going to happen. Their goal from having been swept right now. And it looks to me like they've outplayed the Penguins pretty much. Yeah. And I think they're out of eventuallys. I think they're now on to inevitably. Inevitably, yeah. we're going to lose this game. Common denominator, though. Marc-Andre Fleury is the MVP. Yeah. I, you'd have to say he's halfway to the Conn Smythe, right? Almost. Ooh, hadn't even considered that. I mean, I don't, I don't want to put him in the third round yet. It's looking good, but. No, you would have to say he has been their MVP to this point, would you not? 
I would. I, I would. would. Mark Andre Fleury uh, has been great. If eighty-seven comes back, obviously, then we're back in in real contention. I think for the long haul here, we were wondering whether or not they'd be able to do it without Latang. It seems like defensively they're going to be good enough, but getting eighty-seven back is crucial. If is he's is it? Uh yeah, yeah, I think so. I know that this is the the, the popular. Uh, you know, sentiment right now is that these are the best two teams left. Yeah. They're... But. I don't want to assume anything. I haven't seen Nashville play yet in the playoffs. They're obviously doing, the Predators are doing some very good things. The record is outstanding. Uh, they're undefeated at home. They have a lot of talent. Um, Rangers are Ottawa in the next round. Sorry, that's going to be easier than beating Washington. It just is. They got the Lundquist thing figured out if it's the Rangers. Uh, and if it's Ottawa, it's Ottawa. So that if they get through this round, they should get to the final with the lineup they had last night. I told you uh, before the playoffs, the lineup that they played against Columbus on April 4th could beat the Blue Jackets in the postseason. That didn't have a bunch of guys in it. This one, the way what they had, they still have a lot available to them, and they are locked in, focused, committed. You get. Talent can take you a long way. Intangibles can take you a long way. When you put talent and intangibles together, you are dangerous. Val, what do you got coming up next? Is a Led Zeppelin reunion happening? We'll talk about it coming up. Shut up. Might be happening. Come on. (laughs) Shut your mouth. See you on Tuesday. I'm going to go jump on a plane, go down to Jazz Fest for a few days, and I'll be watching the Penguins in the French Quarter on Saturday night. Don't get yanked out of your seat, man. Good luck. I'm yeah. not on United. I'm on Delta. Oh, what do good. they do to you there? I think they just slap you I'm not and ask sure. you to leave. <laughs> do I get dragged? I don't, have any, I don't have any pets or anything like that. Something happened on Delta, didn't it? Oh, that's where the flight attendants fight you. So that's kind of cool. It's like bum fights in the sky. So I'm all right with that. <laughs> Have Let's fun, man. go, Pens. Have a lucky dog for me. Eh, I don't eat them things. What is a lucky dog? Oh, oh man. It's a foot-long chili dog that you eat on Rue de Bourbon at like 3.30 in the morning when you're barely able to stand up. I have been in an impaired state in New Orleans many, many times. Never so impaired as to eat a foot-long oh, lucky I, dog. I've gone from one lucky in dog front of people? to the next lucky another dog. Oh, because they have a bunch of them. They're... Oh, I know. As much as I'd like to say hello to the Ignatius J. Rileys of New Orleans in the middle of the night, that is one confederacy of dunces I do not need to associate at that hour with. Well, I'm glad you associate with this one. Yeah. Well, you're not a confederacy. You're just one dunce. I was concluding these We two. are the confederacy <laughs> yes. of dunces. Indeed. All right. Next hour, Kevin Allen from USA Today. Stan Savern breaking down the pens. 3-2 to two win last night at home. Let's go, Pens. Tonight at 5 on Check. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.